On this particular day in Washington, D.C., a man quietly took his place against the metro wall. He pulled out his violin and he began to play. He had chosen six selections from Bach. And during his performance, hundreds of people walked by. Some slowed their pace. Some gave sympathy money. And occasionally some would stop to listen briefly. And maybe it was just curiosity or maybe those who stopped sensed something different because it was something. The thought to be beggar in the Metro that morning was the world-renowned violinist Joshua Bell. And the instrument that you just heard him playing from was a Stradivarius violin valued at over three and a half million dollars. Just two nights before this event that you just saw, people had packed a Boston theater paying hundreds of dollars for a ticket to have a seat. Today his concert netted only a few bucks, most from sympathy. And when he finished, there was no applause, no standing ovation, nothing to acknowledge the magnificent talent that had been on display. Then the music stops, the violin went back into its case and the master simply walked away. And for, for nearly an hour, grandeur was on display, but no one noticed. No one recognized it or valued it. People just rushed by unaware. Now, my guess is this happens every day, everywhere. Grandeur and greatness is all around us, but it goes unnoticed. I want to talk about giving and showing honor and how we can bring honor back. Honor is to place high value on something or someone. Whereas dishonor is to treat something as common or familiar. We must bring honor back because dishonor causes everything around it to deteriorate. Honor causes everything around it to elevate. Dishonor pulls everything down. Honor builds everything up. So today I'm reading from the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. And as you're turning there, if you have your Bibles or finding it on your smartphone, uh, I want to celebrate with pastors Nathan and Kendall and the birth of our new baby grandson who happens to be here today. We got some photos of him. We could put him up. There he is. Maverick Reed Green, everybody. He's uh, five days old and he's in church today right down here, and so congratulations to pastors Nate and Kendall and 
to their fourth child and uh, their last one. Because there's a dead end sign now on that street. <laughs> and enough said about that. <laughs> but uh, precious little baby and Janet and I uh, got to experience this beautiful little boy when he came into the world in such a joy. If you don't believe in God, all you need is to see the birth of something, especially a human being, and you'll know there's a God because it's just a miracle. So, so the year was 550 BC, and the nation of Israel was in a downward spiral. The economy was down, the morale of the people were down, the city was deteriorating. And God spoke to his people through the prophet named Malachi about the lack of honor they had towards God. I'm reading several verses, some of which Pastor Jared Ayers referred to a minute ago. Malachi 1 verse 6 says, a son honors his father. If I'm a father, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. A son will honor his dad, but if... If I'm your father, where's my honor, he's saying. And then in chapter 1, verse 11, the message reads this way. I'm honored all over the world, and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world who honor me by bringing their best to me. They're saying it everywhere. God is greater, this God of the angel armies. All except you. You're not saying anything. Instead of honoring me, you profane me. Profane means to be disrespectful or irreverent. He says, you profane me when you say worship is not important and what we bring to worship is of no account. And when you say, I'm honored, sorry, I'm bored. When you say, I'm bored, this doesn't do anything for me. When you say things like that, you act so superior, sticking your noses in the air. You act superior to me, the God of the angel armies. And when you do offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down or, or broken or useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God talking to you. <laughs> when I read that part of the verse, it's, I remember when my dad would look at me and say, this is your dad talking to you. And I'm like, yes, sir. Like, I'm not just words. This, and God says it right here. He said, I'm talking to you. This is God talking to you. Malachi 3, 7, ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, God says, and I'll return to you. What is he saying? He says, it's time to bring some honor back. But you ask, how, how are we to return? And God replies, well, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And you ask, how do we rob you? And God replies, in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. What God is saying is he says, watch how honor will elevate your life. Honor elevates everything. And you need to get back to that, he said. You, you wonder how you've disrespected and, and you profane me. It's because you've gotten away from the truth of who I really am. And you come to worship, flip it. And with a casual attitude, when you're coming into, this is God talking to you. He said, when you come into the house of God, you're coming in into my presence. Are you with me, everybody? This is the tone 
that God is talking to his people. He said, you got to get back to honor. When you come, you need to bring the best to me. Don't come in here bringing some broken lamb or some some turtle dove that's about half dead. When you come in to worship, you need to bring your best to me. Are you with me? Test me and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. This is the reward of honor, he's saying. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, just to be clear, this, this message today is not a message about tithe and offering. This is a message about honor. However, it so happens that honoring God includes tithing and offering to God. And what Malachi just said is that God views our giving as a way of honoring him. He views our giving as part of our worship. He says, when you come to worship and you bring your sacrifice, you bring your animal with you to worship. Remember the Old Testament, they brought they had to bring something to worship. That You just didn't show up and have nothing. You brought a turtle dove or a bullock or a lamb, something. You brought a sacrificial offering and it had to be the best of your flock. You understand? So if you don't know the Old Testament, maybe I should teach on that because it, it gives you perspective. So God said, you're coming with the least you have and I'm God, you're talking. You need to honor me, I'm God. So he says, it does matter what we bring to worship and how we come to worship, our attitude, it matters. These things show our honor and thankfulness towards God. Now, having said that, <clears throat> in these verses, God is telling his people, I wanna, I wanna jumpstart your life, and I wanna stop the downward spiral that's going on. Life hasn't been going the way you wanted, and things aren't turning out the way you'd like, and challenges are on every hand. So God tells them, he says, if you'll return to me, in other words, we've got to get back to honor. We've got to, we've got to push back from this downward spiral of dishonor, and we've got to bring the honor back. That's where you've got to start. And when you push back from dishonor, then good things begin to happen in your life. God says, if you'll start honoring me, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so big you can't contain it. I'll begin to rebuke the devourer and the pests from your crops. They'll not come and destroy them. Only God can do that. That's what God said he would do if you'll bring honor back. Why? Because honor elevates everything around it. Honor elevates everything around it. Now, I know I'm talking to a younger and a crowd and a, and a new generation today, and we have all ages in, in this room and all ages watching online somewhere. And, and maybe, maybe it's more popular today to be anti-establishment. And maybe it's more popular to try to find a way to deconstruct. But I'm voting for honor here today. I choose to bring honor back because everything is better with honor. Everything is better. Marriage is better with honor. Business is better with honor. School is better with honor. Communities and cities and nations are better with honor. Church is better with honor. 
Because when we honor, the quality of life goes up for everybody. We go higher together. We go higher relationally. We go higher socially. We go higher morally, spiritually, economically. Everything goes up and everything elevates with honor. And so I'm going to invite you today to join me in this intentional pursuit to not allow honor to diminish or dissipate, but to bring back the honor because everything in our life gets better when there's honor. Oh, you can give the Lord a clap right there. That's pretty good. That's good, That's good whether you like it or not. <laughs> so, so how, the question is, how do we not get caught up in this lack of awareness of honor? How do we keep ourselves from not recognizing the greatness and the magnificence and the grandeur that fills our lives on a continual basis? How do we avoid the dishonor that all of us have a tendency to demonstrate towards the greatness in the world around us? Here's how we can bring honor back. I'm gonna give you some things to write down. Number one is honor is aware. Honor is aware. It's about noticing the violin playing in your life. When Joshua Bell stood in that metro that day, and it was the Washington Post that did that test, they said, we're just gonna put you there, and they did it, they've done it several times. We're gonna put you there, we're gonna see what happens. When he was in the metro that day and he played his violin, if they had been aware, if the people walking by had been aware, the honor meter would have gone up. It was a whole, worth a whole lot more than just a few bucks that were tossed into his violin kit. They had no idea they're walking past a 16th century Stradivarius violin valued at three and a half million dollars that he was playing on. Nobody knew that. They just passed right by. They didn't stop to recognize the grandeur. And the challenge is, how do we, how do we step up the honor and how do we avoid the tendency found in our current culture to cause things around us to become common and too familiar? We take things for granted and we have, we have an entitlement mentality that it's owed to me. There ain't nothing owed to you. <laughs> Can I say that? We don't deserve anything. We came into the world with nothing and we leave it with nothing. You would na you ever had, oh, my mind just went a hundred places. The Bible says, Job said, naked I came in, naked I'll go out, right? And, and then, have you ever had, pardon me for just being, have you ever had one of those dreams where you had no clothes on and you're out in public and you're trying to figure out how you got the, does anybody be honest with me? Come on, I'm raising my hand. And, and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, thank you, God. Come on, anybody, raise your hand. You ever felt that? Anybody ever had that kind of dream? Yep. Somebody like, I don't know if I should admit that or not. You're not insane. It's just, that's the way you should feel about this world. The world owes you nothing, but God gives you opportunity. And so we start by noticing, by, 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 by being aware of the people and the greatness around us. You wanna, you wanna honor something? Start recognizing the things that are going on around you and start taking them for granted. Here's what Jesus said in chapter 13. Jesus says, he says, only in his hometown and in his 
own house is a prophet without honor. What Jesus is saying is he was treated as common in his hometown. Therefore, he was less honored in his hometown more than anywhere else. Their familiarity with him caused them to see him as common. While other cities saw him as great and honored him as great, someone would say in another city, Jesus is coming, and the countryside would fill up. But in his hometown, he walked down the street, they'd say, hey. Now, there's a name for this, and it's called habituation. Habituation. When I was a boy, I grew up, the house I grew up in, there was a train track behind our house, several hundreds of yards and it ran behind the house where I, when I was 12, we moved there and I lived there till I was 17. And you get used to the sound of the train. I mean, I, my windows would rumble. You know, the rumbling in my windows would vibrate. Right? It, when it would go by. And it would, but you got so used to it, you didn't even notice it. Now, my grandfather, one of them was a clock collector and repairer. Antique clocks that you wind and they tick and they strike every hour and every half hour. And we had them all over our house, grandfather clocks and kitchen clocks. And so on the hour, especially towards the middle of the day or, the, or midnight, when this, every clock would strike 10 times, 11, and, and then on the half hour, doom, it would hit in one time, but there's multiple. So, so they would strike on the hour and the half hour. So a friend would come over and then, the clocks would all start going off. It'd be 11 o'clock at night or midnight. Or and then they go, what's that? I'm like, what's what? What's all that noise? Oh, that's the clocks would be striking and the train be going by. Like, is this house haunted? You know, but I didn't even hear it. Habituation. It becomes familiar. But when they would ask me about it, like this sermon today, when I was made aware of it, I started to hear it again. Honor is aware. It's time to bring some honor back. Here's the second way you can bring honor back. Not only be aware, but honor compliments. Honor starts saying what you notice and starts speaking to what you honor. Some of you didn't grow up this way, but I want to tell you, you can learn to do that. You can learn the language. You can learn to say words like, that's great and fantastic, and you are awesome today, and how amazing is that, and that's incredible, and wow, that, you can learn to celebrate. You can, you can bring honor. You can learn how to do that. Thirdly, honor acknowledges and appreciates acknowledges and appreciates. Honor says, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm not that kind of person. Well, then change. Honor says hello. Honor smiles. Years ago, I read a statement. A smile is one of the only things you can give away and still keep. Honor says thank you. Well, if I smile, what are they gonna think about me? I don't know. They might think you're nice. Honor says, thank you, thank you, thank you. Honor stands when an elderly person or a lady or a dignitary enters the room. 
Well, there's some old school for you. I was taught when a woman comes in the room, you stand up. When an older person comes into the room, you stand up. Honor. A dignitary comes in the room, you stand up and you offer them your seat. When you get to a door, <laughs> I was taught honor. You stand and you, you, you kind of hold the door for the next person. Just, just be kind, just honor. I don't know them. Who cares? Honor, right? It elevates everything. Or I was coming out of a place and there was a, you know, we have to, we have to make that mathematical guess. Like, are they too far from the door to stand here and hold it? Come on, you're with me, right? Or, or is it, would that show rude? Are they far enough away that if I let it go, I won't be thought rude? Or am I too close that if I don't hold it, they'll think I'm rude? Well, then just hold it. So I held it yesterday. It's coming out of UPS starters. I held it. I mean, the lady was 20 feet. Well, she said, thank you, going out. Now, I've held the door sometimes. Pardon me, some of the younger generation, I've held the door. And they just walk right on out and say absolutely nothing. I'm like, go back in. I'm going to shut the door on you so you learn some honor. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let, me feel, let me tell you a little bit about this. Is added in. Many of you didn't know Janet's parents. Her mom went to be with the Lord five years ago this past February and her father this coming September. She lost both of her parents in six months in that year. My father-in-law, Dave Howard Burke, was the most, when God made man, when God made him, he broke the mold and buried the pieces. Okay, so my father-in-law had these comeback lines that was just, so he was at the post office, true story, and a woman was coming and he, held, he stopped to hold the door. And she got up there and she hesitated and she made a comment to him and she said, I'm perfectly capable of getting the door myself. Okay, ladies, you can't have it both ways. You can't be, you can't have it both ways. Anyway, where's all the, anyway, I, a whole nother stuff there. But, but she said, I'm perfectly capable of getting the door myself. And in my father-in-law, in his quick wit, he stood there and he said, well, ma'am, I'm not holding the door because you're a lady. I'm holding the door because I'm a gentleman. Yeah. Bam, I'm like, drop the mic, baby. Uh, just if you can't honor the person, be honorable. That, that's heavy. God rest your soul, Dave Howard Burke. You made my sermon today. Amen. <laughs> Matthew 19 says, honor your father and mother. Did you know that that commandment, that's one of the 10? Honor your father and mother is one of the only commandments, if not the only one that has a, that has a benefit from the standpoint, he said, if you'll honor your father and your mother, it'll go well with you and you'll live long on the earth. You know one of the reasons Janet is still alive after 25 years of fighting cancer? Because she's honored her mom and her dad and we still honor them today. And I, and I declare that, I remind God of that. And I told my father and mother-in-law, I said, we're honoring you because we love you and we're honoring you because you're our parents and we're honoring you because God told us because I want my wife to live a long time. It's got a promise, okay? So, so children, you need to hear this. And sometimes they hear honor your father and your mother and kids hear it as do what I say. 
But honor is more than obedience and conformity. Honor is the recognition of what others do for you. And you need to start honoring some people. And stop expecting things. Okay, let me keep going. I'm meddling now. And when I get to meddling, I get to preaching better. But some of y'all are worried about the clock. So we're going to stick on the notes. Here's the fourth one. Honor encourages. In other words, when I honor you, I won't let you not see your greatness. I know that's not proper English, but you understand. I won't let you not see your greatness, not if I'm honoring you. I'm going to remind you, and I'm going to bring it up to you. I have the opportunity to do this every single day to my wife, to my kids, my adult children, to my grandkids, to people around me. I, have the, I can encourage. Like, like, lift the room, everybody. Set the tone. You want to create honor? Just direct the conversation. There's a, if you're around me, my staff knows this. My family knows this for sure. I ask the question, has anybody ever told you has anybody ever told you, has anybody told you today, I love you? I'll ask that question all the time. I ask my grandkids, what's your name? I ask them that all the time. What's it? Why? Because I want them to know who they are. Yes, you are. You're Fallon Rain, and now you're not the baby anymore. Now you've got to figure all this out. <laughs> they, they got to church today with, with, with Maverick, and they're like, we didn't even bring Fallon's bag with us. She ain't the baby anymore. She just lost clout. Don't even have a bag. Fend for yourself. <laughs> I thought, yep, that's four kids. You know, who cares? Hey, she just had the baby at 11 o'clock Tuesday night. And she's in church today. I'm like, awesome. Those people with their first baby, you know people with their first baby? They're like, oh, no, we're in a bubble, and we ain't nobody seeing us for six months. Wait till you get your fourth one. In six minutes, you're like, here. <laughs> It's a truth, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> They'll survive. What if they drop them? Well, what if they don't? <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all good? Just trying to share some wisdom, okay? Here's the fifth one. Honor applauds. Can I say this to you? <laughs> Don't save the applause for the game or the concert. Applaud the things that deserve applause now. Right? Don't, in other words, don't wait till they die to bring them flowers. Every time I see a soldier, I express my gratitude. See a veteran wearing his cap. In the airport, you see them. Sometimes they're sitting alone. You don't know if they're coming or going. You don't know if they just left a little wife at home or their parents. And you don't know where they're headed and how they feel. A soldier serving you, by the way. Serving you. Serving so you can have freedom. Serving so you can live in a country that though things are being challenged, you can have freedom of speech and you can have freedom to worship and you can have freedom to live as you want to. Those things are being challenged right now, but those soldiers are defending that. They took an oath. And most of them 20-year-olds. Man, I'm thinking about that at 61. I'm like, man... 20-year-old, that, that might be my grandson someday or granddaughter. 
It is somebody's son or daughter. I just, just say, thank you for your service. Well, I don't want to interrupt. No, they, they need you to say that. Be thankful to be in a nation of honor. Every time you see, every time you, you see a school teacher, you ought to say thank you. Every time you see a police officer, you ought to say thank you. Every time you see a fireman, you ought to say thank you. Every time you see an EMT, you ought to say thank you. Because when you need them, they're going to show up. We have them in our church, and I, I see them, <laughs> and I, I just tell them, I think, when I think about it, I, you know, I don't walk out of my house knowing that I'm not sure what I'm going to face today. Am I going to run into a burning building today? I don't think about that, but they do. This is why we applaud in our church. You were applauding just now, and I thank you for that. We applaud after we sing. We applaud during worship. Why? Because we're honoring the one that we're singing about and the one who deserves the honor. We're clapping because we're like, yes, go God. Go God. You are my Savior. Honor applauds. Here's another thing. Honor serves Honor doesn't wait to be asked or prompted. You just take care of it. You just do it. You like, you like, see a need, I just fill it. See an opportunity, I just do it. I just do what I need to do. Honor serves. You step up. You look for ways to make life better for other people at home, at work, at church. Become, become a Skybreak volunteer. How about that? Why don't you be a part of the dream team that's making the dream and the vision of our church come to pass. Attend Growth Track today and help discover purpose so you can begin serving and making a difference with your life that is eternal. Everybody say eternal. <laughs> Not so much applause there. Like I might have to take growth track. I might have to do something. Yes, you need to do something. You need to give back. You need to serve. Honor serves. It doesn't wait to be served. Man, there's a whole stuff. Maybe I should stop there for a minute. That's that expectation like everybody owes me. No, you need to come in and expect it. I'm just going to help everybody. I'm just going to, you know, sometimes needs present themselves in the most unique ways. So just, just the other day, a couple Sundays ago, I got down after church. I got down here to the red light. We just left church and right here at the red light and cars are everywhere. And, and a guy is out. He's halfway into the intersection. His door's open and he's trying to push his truck. It died on him right in the front of everybody. And one man, he's, and I'm sitting here. I got my, I'm, was it Easter or the, or the anniversary weekend or something? Anyway, one of our, and I'm like, I'm like, and I'm sitting here in my family and there's cars everywhere. And I'm like, and then a woman that was parked behind the guy jumped out of her car and she's at the back, a woman in this, I'm like, I just put it in park and left it running and left the door open, ran over. Sometimes you, when you become, when you become an, I don't know how to say this because I don't want it to sound wrong, but you got to let it be a part of your DNA, okay? When you become an, I just, like, you got to help somebody. I don't care who it is. I, th there, was a, there was a need, and it, man, we put, and then another guy left his car, and we had to push that thing about, a, push a truck 100 yards in 95 degrees. With, uh, I had my suit jacket on. When I got back to the car, I, I was like I was going to throw up. <laughs> I had a leg workout because, but I wasn't going to let a lady get out of her car 
and not a man get I see this is back. I don't know. Maybe you say, well, well we're equal. Well, that's, I get all of that. But, but she got out to push. Like, yeah, so I'm going to get out and push. You say, man, this is not culturally relevant. Well, maybe culture needs to change. Because I'm just telling you what, I'm telling you, so let me, let me clarify some of that. I'm teaching to you biblical principle, so I don't give a rip what culture says. You, you need to follow what the scripture says. If God said it, culture can say what they want to, but these are principles in the scripture. Now, I, I don't have an ax to grind. I'm just teaching wisdom here today, okay, and truth. So here's the seventh one. I got a couple more. Honor forward, not back. Honor forward, not back. Let me explain that. You, you might think of it as pay it forward. Most people seek to receive honor before giving it. And that's only honoring back. That's like expecting a harvest. That's like expecting tomatoes in your yard tomorrow and there's no tomato plant. If you don't put a seed in the ground, there ain't no tomatoes coming. So when you honor forward, you're seeing the honor you give as seeds you're sowing that create a harvest of honor in your life. You, there's been so much dishonor in our nation the last few years, and you've seen things deteriorate all around us. Just, be, just open your eyes. Common thinking says, the common thinking of dishonor says, they don't honor me, so why would I honor them? Why do I need to treat anyone as special? They're no better than me. That's dishonor. But if you honor forward, Jesus said, said it this way, if you love people who love you back, what reward is that? If you greet people who are only your brothers, don't even pagans do that? That's scripture. He's like, even people who don't know God do that. Well, we know God, so what more? Should we just love everybody and honor everybody? You see, most people simply exchange, exchange honor. They simply give honor back to the people who gave it to them. But Jesus said, don't wait for somebody else to reach out in their honor bucket and give you honor first. Honor forward. Just start honoring people. I love it because I've tried to live by these principles. This week, a couple of times, I saw a guy, like, like it was in a business place, and a guy came in, and, and, and I recognized him, and he was working for a company delivering something, and I, when he went to head out, I said, hey, man, how's it going? You know, just be nice. Just, just be kind. And man, he's going, oh, hey, Pastor Danny, how's it going? And he just, it, he was, it, it was like it shocked him. Somebody took a moment just to say, man, I appreciate what you're doing. Stay cool out there. Talk, stay hydrated. You know, I mean, just be nice to people. Honor yeah. forward because it's going to come back to you. And some of you say, well, ain't nobody honoring me. Hello. It's your own fault. There's no seeds in the ground, so don't expect any harvest. If you have an attitude of dishonor, that's good. Then you say, well, everybody's got a bad attitude toward me. Hello, check your attitude. Because you're getting what you're sowing. I, I mean, people, they act like the world owes them something. I'm like, no, if you start being generous in your life, just, you know, wait, hold the door, be kind, love people, smile. You'd be surprised at what all starts coming back your way. You reap what you sow, is what it is. Okay, number eight, I got, I got eight, nine, and ten, okay, eight. Honor with no strings attached. 
no strings attached. This means to honor without an agenda or a motive. Some people, the, the strings attached honor, it's when a person honors somebody with, the, uh, with their own idea of how that person's gonna reciprocate. I need to be nice to them because they got money. What about being nice to somebody who doesn't have money? Maybe you should give them some. It, it can be, <laughs> well, I don't know you're meddling now, pastor. Great. Are you hearing it? it? It could be the honor that you show your boss or a spouse or a friend. It, it makes, it, it, let me say it this way. It's a mistake to honor with the expectation from the people you show honor to because Sometimes you show honor to people and you're gonna be disappointed. They're not gonna honor you back. In other words, if you show honor with strings attached, here's what it's called. It's called manipulation. <laughs> if you honor with strings attached, it's really called manipulation. And, and, and so it's better to live life, a life of honor, knowing that it'll come back to you one way or the other, maybe not from that person, but it's gonna come back to you, than trying to dictate where it's gonna come from. Well, I honored you and you didn't do anything. Don't ruin your harvest, just be honorable. It's like my father-in-law holding the door and said, well, I held it because I'm a gentleman. You know, you can stand there, or come in if you want to. I, then if that's your attitude, then God bless you, but I'm a gentleman, so I'm still happy and you're all ticked off. So that's on you. I'm, I'm still, I still held the door. I still got, the, I'm still honoring. I'm honoring whether you like it or not. See, I like that too, because it's like, hey, I, it's a win-win, right? Don't fall into the trap of keeping score either. Well, I did this, so they should do that. No, no, just, just be honorable. Okay, here's the ninth one. Honor in agreement or in disagreement. I think this is where God pays exceptional attention. And he can reward you lavishly because when you don't understand or agree with overseers or a leader or a parent or a boss or a pastor, but we honor their position over us, God rewards without reservation because you're an honorable person. And there's sometimes God honors, even if the decision might not be the best decision that that leader is making, God will honor the decision because they're the leader and God will honor you because you honor the leader. You can't lose with honor, everybody. When we don't agree with our parents or our friends or a spouse, but we respect them and we honor them, even in disagreement, it's so important. When we pass on the opportunity to criticize, to find fault, to tear down, to blame, instead we show honor. Oh, yeah? All right, how about number nine? Here we go. Got our last one. Nine and 10. Are we at number 10 already? Already? Gosh, I don't want the sermon to be over yet. Is that it? Yeah, oh, it sure is. Okay, here's the last one. Honor freely. When your goal is to bring honor back, you may end up giving some undeserved honor somewhere, but that's okay. That's okay. Even though she says, oh, I'm perfectly well getting the door myself, it's okay. If you, if you try to legitimize all the honor that you give, you'll end up missing some opportunities to honor other people. And it's better just to honor people and then those that don't care, then that's on them. You, but you still are honorable. 
It's better to be indiscriminate with honor because it's not about people deserving honor as much as it is about us leading a life of honor and creating a culture of honor because honor elevates everything. Let's bring some honor back. Come on, come on. Let's bring some honor back. <laughs> I, like a, I like a world where children honor their parents and students honor their teachers. I like a world where people honor government and government honors people. I like a world where citizens honor those who wear a badge and a uniform. I like a community that pulls off to the roadside when a hearse is coming by honoring a person's life and, and their passing. I like it when hats come off and hands go to the chest for the national anthem. I'm reminded of the positive power hear me everyone the most important part of any church service or gathering here at Skybreak is this moment right now so I ask you not to move it's not a time to leave early it's a time to pray with me right now for those who don't know Jesus if you're here today we've honored you and we we care for you and this gathering is about leading people to the cross and leading people to start a relationship with Jesus. And I'd like to invite you today, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and if you've never asked him into your life to be your Lord and Savior, Paul said in Romans 10, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll pray a simple prayer and believe that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe you are Lord and Savior. You're the son of God. You died and rose again. You can be ready for heaven. And that's what we're all about. So every head bowed just for a moment of privacy. And if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven and I'd like to pray that prayer. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer together. I'd like to know who I'm praying with if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, I want to pray that prayer. I want to be ready for heaven today. I want to know that I'm ready. 
if Jesus were to come, would you just lift your hand? Lift your hand right where you are. Just lift it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Just lift your hand. I want to be ready to go to heaven, Pastor. I do not want to miss heaven. Hold it high. Just lift that hand. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Those of you online, there's a place you can click. There's someone that'll talk to you. There's some things you can do right there. We want you to know we're praying with you as well. Anyone else? Just a moment more. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Church, are you praying for people around you? Somebody's making an eternal decision right now. Anyone else? All right. You can put those hands down. Would you give an applause for everybody? Can we honor and celebrate everybody who raised their hand right there? Hey, man, I'm telling you, we're happy for you. And now we're going to pray. We're going to all pray together, okay? Would you pray with me, everyone? Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I declare you as Lord and Savior. You died for me and you rose again. And so today, I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for your grace. I have eternal life because of you. Amen. Oh, we're going to clap one more time, everybody. Come on.